0: Uh, and then other red belts have this much ability way down here, and I said, right. "What's more important to you—the color of your belt, or or the or the ability of being able to do the techniques?" I said, right. "That's really the question you got to ask yourself." So I said, "If you're only in this for the color of your belt, you can do things halfway and get to the next color." Yeah. But if you want to do it for the ability and every single time be improving you know, yes, you might be a red belt, but you really look like a black belt. For over 260 episodes, Dwayne Brummett and Ali Albarigo have been sharing how to take your martial arts school to the next level. Welcome to another edition of SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Now here's your host, Dwayne and Ally Hello, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Albarigo, schoolintertalk.com Good morning, sir. Nice to be with you. Good, good to be with you too, Dwayne. It's uh, great to always uh, have someone positive to talk to. Well, I, I try. I try. Sometimes I'm yeah. not positive, but, uh, you know, I try. So now, so now I want the
1: listeners that are watching to know that we do not plan this out. This is kind of, we've talked about that already, right? That Clint Eastwood movie, Heartbreak Ridge, where we wear the same clothes and we don't know how. I mean, you're all think, the way in I Illinois.
0: Every, I was gonna say, I think every 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 third episode we uh, end Match. up wearing the same clothes. Yeah, and then we'd say when we say something about it. So yeah, it's wild,
1: right? So it's it's wacky. It just seems
0: that we're kind of in tune, even though we're so far from each other, right? Yeah. By the way, did you get uh, any of the flooding when uh, Ida ended up hitting you? We did.
1: I personally didn't. Like it was like uh, my house seems to be very high um, in the neighborhood. And our neighborhood is far from uh, the ocean where, you know, a lot of the flooding took place by us. But um, I was like, you know, people it was weird because the news scares the hell out of everybody. So all my friends from around the world were texting me like, you okay?" Like my main student, he might even come on today uh, from Bermuda. He's like, are you okay? I saw the news and like literally houses were getting ripped off the ground. I'm like, no dude, none of that happened. Right. It wasn't, it was just waves and, and, you know, flooding and so on. But, um, I saw pictures of cop cars in the city, Manhattan that were like up to the windows of the cars. Uh, so, and, uh, the the subways were flooding again and all of that stuff. So it's kind of scary to know that we could, we could be like in you know, a Louisiana kind of flood situation nowadays, you know, and, and I'm on Long Island, so we're covered or surrounded by ocean or, or bay. Um, but uh, we've never had water come up near us. You know, my next door neighbor, because they're lower, their whole backyard was under about like six inches of water, but I had nothing in my yard. Oh, wow. Okay. My pool was almost overflowing just from all the rain. It literally filled up, like no doubt, like eight and a half inches of rainwater in that period of
0: time. Oh, wow. Okay. Crazy, right. Yeah. Scary. So, so if you know that you're going to get a lot and you know that there's potential flooding, um, I don't know how long it would take you to drain your pool. I and mean, if it'd take two days to drain your pool, but at least that would, uh, save part of the, the water hitting your house, right? Yeah, I guess. I
1: mean, I'm, I'm really high. So like when I redid my entire yard, I raised my grade, like maybe eight or 10 inches and it pitches out probably why my neighbors get more flooding than I do. But, uh, I would never really want them to know that, that 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 would get mad at me, but I just had pitched my yard the way it was supposed to be pitched, you know, yep. uh, especially putting in the pool because the pool was a little higher. So I had to level the yard and bring in topsoil. But yeah. Um, yeah. It
0: would definitely help me from being flooded because just the way it's pitched off. Yeah. So you want to uh, segue into what we're going to talk about today. You want to just yeah. tell the listeners, uh, you know, what the title is and, and, you know, the, the brief overview before we hop in. Well, I think that, you know, with all the topics that we cover, we're always kind
1: of taking it from a business perspective. You know, how do I do this system? Or how do I overcome a sales objection? Or how do I onboard my clients more? And I think a very neglected topic that most school owners kind of feel left out is like the mental side of running a school, right? And and I think that that's a big draw and drain on, on all of us. Like, you know, what are our feelings that we have to sort through and go through on the day-to-day basis by running a martial arts school? Everyone just thinks that you run a school, and you, you know, you uh, charge tuition and you teach them, and as long as you're uh, doing things right, then everything is just going to be okay. You're, and then we use words like retention and you know attrition and income and expenses. But there's a mental component that really is, uh, you know, a tough one, especially on newer school owners. And, um, we were just chatting about this as, as we have been around for a long enough period of time, we tend to get hardened or we get more experienced on dealing with certain situations. Right?
0: Agreed. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I don't know about you. When I first started, uh, when someone wasn't happy, when someone quit, Uh, I took it personally. Yeah. You know, and um, I, I definitely don't know if, if uh, it's because I've been beaten up over the years
2: and callous
0: and done wrong over the years that it it doesn't affect me like that anymore. Well, you know what, it's kind of interesting that you say that, but that's true though. We have,
1: you know, you do get beaten up, right? You do get, you know um, you put through uh, these, you know, personal, emotional, it—you know—feelings because it's a very personal thing. Like you know. I don't care who they are even if you buy a franchise school um, and it's put together in a box for you and you take it over it becomes your baby but if you built a school from scratch name brand systems you know and and it becomes yours it's literally like your baby you love it you want people to be if you have any pride in your school you want people to love what you do right you want them to be over the moon happy you want them to get the best results and all of those things and when something doesn't go according to that, that those standards or that goal or desire, um, it, it is definitely a,
0: a major issue and you take, you take it, it's hard not to take it personally. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think at least in the beginning it is, um, I don't know about any more if I take it as personal as I used to. Well, that's a good thing. That That's what we should talk about because I
1: think that, you know, I'm much better too, and you and I, before we started this call, we chatted. I mean, we've been through this, for, I've been doing this for 30 years. Um, I've had my heart broken, you know, for a long period of time where, you know, you get uh, attached to let's say a young kid. You see them grow from three years old. They're like 13 years old. They're a black belt with you. And um, I, have a, I have a person that I can think of right now. that trained with me since she was three all the way up until she went away to college. And literally with me at my dojo every single day, five days a week, a staple in my school. And then went away to college. I haven't heard from her ever again. Not a hello, Shihan. Hey, I hope you're doing well. Merry Christmas. I saw it was your birthday. Um, nothing. And then finally, I heard from that person um, maybe about a year ago, and it was like, Hey, can you get can you sign a, a recommendation letter for me for my for a new job? And I'm like, Wow, of course, but wouldn't it have been nice for you to at least say hello over the last four years, you literally disappeared. Oh, I was so busy. I'm so bit. I'm like, no, you're not. You could, you could have. And, and that's a personal thing for me. Like it really bothers me because I've always done the right thing, overextended myself, gave people so much. And then, you know, flavor of the month, you're no longer in their lives and they don't even remember. It's almost like they don't even remember you.
0: Yeah. But I, you know, I, I, take some personal responsibility and I'm not saying you're not doing this. I'm just saying for me, I, I take some personal responsibility with some of those people and I didn't follow up with them and see how they were doing and wish them a happy birthday and all those other things. So I know, you know, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying that that was you I'm saying I did not do those things. Yeah. So, but, but here's the, but for that, right? Like, so Dwayne, you're, you're the
1: father and you raise your son and he goes away to college. And you don't stay in touch as much as maybe he thinks you should. Do you still think that that son should check in with you periodically?
0: Yeah, but I have a part
1: to play. I know we all do. Right. But at the same time, though, like, you know, a hello here or there would be nice. They they quit and they moved away. They went away to college. I think that it's important for them to stay in touch as well. I can say hello. So I think that it would be nice. Like, I'm not saying they have to. Right. I am saying it would be nice for that to happen.
0: Yeah, I guess what I'm getting at is, um, you know, I used to think that a relationship was 50-50. I don't believe that anymore. I think it's 100-100. Yeah. What does that mean? Explain that to the listeners. Well, you know, uh, my relationship with you, I I own 100% of it. It's not 50-50. It's like, hey, I do half of this podcast. You do the other half of it. No, no, no. I do 100% of this podcast, you also do 100% of this podcast. Now, does right. that mean that there's different things that we do. Absolutely. But uh, it's still it's 100%. And right. to, you know, if I only give you 50% of me right. in the podcast and vice versa, we're not going to be any good. Like there's going right. to be problems. And so I believe that in a relationship, it's not 50-50, it's 100%.
3: Right.
0: You know, we're all in or we're not all in. Um yeah. And so I I I I understand that it would be nice if our students would reach back out to us and let us know what's going on. I don't expect that anymore, um, you know, and unless I'm going to do the work to follow up with them and see how they're doing. You know, who was it? I think you talked about John Gaston, right? He he sends care packages to some of the ones that went to college and, and those type of things. You know what I mean? Like that's reaching out. Yeah, that's my
1: other friend, John Oschlager. But yeah, Oschlager. You're, yeah, you're right. John Gason, I'm probably sure, does that too. He's amazing with his students as well. Um, what I found, though, I mean, I guess I'm a little bit more traditional too. Like, as far as the old traditional ways, like your sensei is your sensei. You always pay homage and, and reverence to your teacher. Um, they're your teacher. You're never going to, you never, well, th- this is a Japanese way that's being killed off and is dying a quick death is that you never, ever can ever equal percentage-wise the amount of dedication that you should have to your teacher. In other words, it is never going to be or it shouldn't be 100-100 or 50-50. It should always be the student giving 80% and the teacher giving 20 because over the years, that teacher has given you everything that you ever needed to become who you are. Like we never said, okay, um, we won't give you this because you're not giving me that. We always gave, 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 pushed, 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 stayed on top of, um, connected with, and so on. I'll give you an example. I had just recently a situation where a parent was supposed to renew their agreement and, um, they were with me, they're with me for a long time. They're black belts in my school. And, um, and uh, so when they sign up for my con- uh, uh, contract for Black Belt, they have to do a two-year agreement. One year is probationary. The other year is to learn their material. And then they get to a test for test for their official showdown. So they sign a two-year agreement. Um, so anyway, somehow, whoever renewed the agreement wrote 27 months instead of 24 months, right? So when I said, hey, it expires on October, they said, yeah, but it says 27 months. Like Now we're haggling over wording. So I'm like, okay, well, The only difference is, is that we should renew it now. Um, And then she says, yeah, but then you're going to charge me $9 more a month. And that's three months that I'm going to miss out. I'll have to pay $30. I'm like, wow, like for 30 bucks, like you're going to hassle with me over renewing an agreement. And now this is a person who's a black belt that's been with me for years that is on the demo team that you know does all these special events and gets special classes from my other instructor so that kind of frustrates me as a teacher um because uh i feel like it's 30 like you know i've had other i had a guy that had COVID um when it first the pandemic hit he hasn't trained in a year so i I sent him a renewal message i said this is gonna be a weird renewal um you haven't trained in over a year do you want me to just cancel the membership and not renew it? He's like, no, no, I'm coming back, renew it. And I'm like, you, I'll give you, how about I give you four months credit? Because you don't have to give me anything. I don't care. I go, but I'm going to give you four months for free. So you won't have to pay until January. But this guy paid for a year and didn't come once and had no qualm whatsoever. Like the difference of people, it's sometimes mind boggling to me. And it's the ones you put the most time in, it seems, and give the most to are the well, ones that
0: give you the most headaches. Well, and I and I wonder though, too, if those aren't almost always uh, the, the case. So what I mean by that is the individuals that you have to give more time and attention to and walk them to the trough, right. show them how to actually bend over and, and drink from it, Right. Um, are the ones that are the, the neediest and therefore they are the ones that are, I don't want to say the stingiest, um, but the, you know, they're, they're less grateful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the ones that don't need the hand holding as much yeah. are the ones that, you know, really are, are, I, I don't want to say the easiest, but they're the ones that are usually the most grateful. You know, it's kind of like when right. I, I, there's only been, I think three times in my life that I've missed my haircut appointment. Okay and each of those times when when i was told that oh hey you were supposed to be here everything okay yeah i've gone in either that day or the next day and paid her for the service even though i was not there okay now that's not a prerequisite and she's like oh no, no no you don't have to do that i said yeah you would have gotten paid by somebody else right right i mean i just know that that's the right thing to do yeah you know and i've gone to this lady probably i don't know psh- Eighteen years, you know what I wow. mean? Yes. Yeah, so so, I wonder. I guess well, I got my point is the people that you have to handhold. Yeah. Those are usually the you know, and you say I'm giving everything to them. I wonder. I wonder if we were to pull off and go, you know, look, you got to tie your shoe now on your own. Right. And you know, yes, that might mean that they might quit more. Uh, or earlier than they would have. Right. But I think in the end they would end up being less headaches or they would rise up to the challenge and then still be less headaches. Yeah. I find like when I first
1: was the, when I was the old hard nose traditionalist, like back in the day, if I had a seminar, I mean, maybe at the time I had 50 students, I would expect everyone to be there. Expect. Even unless they had a wedding or a funeral, they were going to be at this event. And then I'd say to people like, "Hey, we're going to a tournament. Oh, yeah, we don't want to do that. Oh, okay, then you don't have to come back and train anymore. How's that sound? What do you mean? Well, listen, we go as a group or a family. We're this, we're that. You know, and everyone would participate because I was a hard on them and didn't allow. Then as I grew, I couldn't, you know, I didn't feel like doing that pressure. And you always you know, people resist. And then, you know, the bigger you get, people resist and gather in groups to hate you and all that stuff. So I, I kind of over the years have like pulled back on that type of mentality. But it was so nice when, you know, we would go to a seminar and all the whole dojo is there together. It's so nice when we go to a tournament, and we're all there together. Like I remember once going to a tournament, but the tournament didn't have events that we ran, um, that we competed in, which was our biggest event is self-defense. So I called my black belts up and I said, I, we're not going to compete, but I want you all to come and help and judge. I had like 15 of my black belts show up with me and we all had lunch together and we all judged together and we came back and hung out together. It was a very tightly knit thing, but it, it wasn't like I had to beg. They were just very dedicated and loyal. I think that society now is they don't understand that. In Japanese, it's called giri, that loyalty um and uh maybe it's the way we teach them maybe it's because we give them space or maybe it's because that just society doesn't understand that mindset
0: well and i yeah but then i also think that's also you know partly due to you know you taking the reins off a little bit and not yeah. making because if you were to talk to i mean we had david nemeroff on Yeah, and I I would venture to say that he's his school's probably like that where it's still the old school mentality because he's not released that you know.
1: Yeah, like for for example, last night I had a parent come in, they they signed, a, got their friend to sign up and the friend tells them they're Spanish speaking, so I can't speak to them. So the one parent is talking to the mom. She's like, oh yeah, she doesn't want to come anymore. I go, you've only been coming for four months. Um, You're in a year contract. You can't stop. Like I'm not, I'm not letting people out now. I'm like, I'm, I used to be very kind of understanding over the last year and a half. But now I'm like, I already told them it's a yearly commitment. It's this. We went over that. I, I explained it to them that they can't cancel. They can't quit. Um, and then they're just like, yeah, he doesn't want to go. And I'm like, too bad. You're, you're in a contract. You're going to go that's the way you have to be. And, um, but I'm sure that if they don't want to, they'll just cancel their credit card. They'll walk away, whatever the case may be. And then I'm going to have to deal with the chasing after, which I'm not going to do. And, you know, threats, I'm not going to do, you know, collections. I'm not going to do that anymore. I used to do it. I didn't no longer have the energy for it and so
0: on. Yep. No, I gotcha. So yeah. you know, those are some of the headaches that we deal with, right? So good. Yeah. And I was going to say, you know, those, those aren't, um so okay for me that's why i decided not to do contracts right you know um in the beginning now once you get into our leadership program you are making a commitment to black belt there is a contract with that but they've been in my program for a year before they even get that opportunity so making another two-year agreement after they've already been in it one year is not that hard gotcha so so let me
1: ask you this though, what we, when we started, you said, you know, like I've been hardened to this, I've calloused a little, like, you know, what made it, what, what did, what's some advice you could give to school owners, whether old or new? Um, Like one of my guys who works with me, he has a lot, he puts a lot of personal time into a certain select group of people. And, um, you know, some of them have been just like disappointing him lately. So it's really taken the steam, but he gets very attached and personal. And I I had a long talk with him yesterday and I said, listen, um, I know it's, it's hard not to, it's hard not to give your full 100% emotional connection to people. But I, I don't do that. I haven't done that in a long time. I said, even with him, He's been with me for over 15 years. I have people that have been with me over 25 years. Um, I will not give them my personal soul anymore because I end up always getting hurt. So how did you get past that? Like, what did you do mentally to shift from that for the listeners to be able to help them through this?
0: Well, unfortunately, it was time and and it was getting beat up over and over again, you know. So <laughs> I I don't know if I have any words of wisdom except for the fact that, you know, look, don't take things personal. Um, you know, you do the best that you can, you do right by the studio, you do right by the person to the best of your ability. And I think, you know what, that made me actually go back and have uh, rules. And so what I would, you know, what I I would do is I would encourage everyone to go back if you don't have, you know, policy and procedures and, and, and those type of things, even the, the strike program that we have and all of that, you know, if, if you don't have those things, I would say, Hey, go back. And um, this is a uh, automated one, they got a new service here, allowing that to just pop up there. I oh, yeah. Oh, cool. um, but anyways, um, I, you know, I would go back and listen to some of our other podcasts. And, you know, about like rules and those type of things, because you definitely want to have policy and procedures. And then you want to make sure that they understand what they are. Now, whether or not you're not going to make them read them, you can't make them read it. If they read it, they read it. You give them to them. You give it to them. You ask them to read it. You have them sign off that they actually read it. <coughs> That's the best that you can do with regards to to those things. So, um, I, I I would say, you know, look, you go out there and you perform your best every single day, and don't. And you're not, you're not, I, this is what I was doing. Like I did it because I needed the, the accolades. You know, I think my self-esteem was low enough that I just, or I, you know, I love the accolades and Mr. Brummett, you're, you know, great. And you're a bag of chips and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I've gotten to a point now where I don't, I don't need those. Right. I know my abilities. I know I'm going to make the, the best decision. And I also know that if I screw it up, I'm going to apologize. Right. And so, if someone in all of that can't show me grace um, or still wants to be mean, nasty, and ugly, I don't need them at the studio anymore. Right. You know, right. Um, and I think, you know, part of that was getting stepped on, having to kick out people, having to fire employees um all of that grew me into those type of things right so i don't know that there's any fast tracking into that i would just say don't wear your heart on your sleeve give everything you got but don't expect anything back i mean it is truly the giving to give and not to get right um and if you go into that giving to give and not to get and like truly truly do that you're not ever going to be disappointed and i think the other thing is You know, always look at your students as you're going to give them the hundred percent, but expect nothing in return. Yeah, I I
1: find that. Yeah, I I agree with your that. You know, that's the best way to live your life, be protected, right? Um, However, I find that it's such a hard thing as a martial artist, a traditional martial artist, is to constantly allow people to take, 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 and not give back. Like that's almost like not the lesson in the martial arts, right? It's almost like if we don't expect, then maybe we're not
0: teaching the way we should be. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, but here's the other thing is we can't make them have the aha moment and get the lesson. We can teach the lesson. We can't make them grasp it. Again, it goes back to I can bring them to the trough. I can show them how to drink. I cannot make them drink. Right. And so, you know, you can approach those situations and say, you know, hey, look, um, I don't know if you saw it from this angle, but this is how this could be taken by right. what you said or what you did. You know, even if you don't want to put yourself in there and say, well, this is how I felt when you did X, Y or Z. Like, I right. mean if you, if you don't want to say that you could come of it from like a third party perspective and introduce that to them to hopefully wake them up to whatever they were doing or weren't doing. Right. You know, to kind of kind of do that. I know that, you know, part of those I would always do now that I have scripts just because over the years I've created scripts. But when situations would pop up or there was things that I was learning, uh, be it personal development or whatever at the time, I would make that a chat Right. And then I would introduce that concept to everybody. Um, and, you know, hopefully the one or two people or whatever that were there would actually pick up on it and, right. and you know, but I can't make them pick up on it. Yeah. How many martial arts school owners that you've coached. Right. And then you, I would guarantee that out of a, out of a hundred percent, 20% of that hundred percent did phenomenal and 80% did nothing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I get it I definitely agree with you and and it's kind of like I, another friend of mine had once said to me if you have ne- no expectations there's no way you're ever going to be let down so but at the same time I think it's our goal to have expectations right because if we don't and we don't push people past the where that they feel that they could go then they're never truly going to get the lesson but then again another part of me says why bother if it's going to make me stressed out
0: well and, I think you can have standards and not have expectations. Yeah. These are the standards. You know, but you don't have to expect that they're going to meet those standards. That's going to be up to them to actually meet those standards. And then then you're not disappointed because then you're putting you're putting it on uh the the onus on them. It's kind of like, you know, I'm I'm teaching the white belts right now. I I love teaching the white belts. Right, Just right. you know, seven and up, I I go in one night a week or excuse me, one 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 class every single day Monday through Thursday. That's it. And I go in there and I teach them. And then, you know, we'll do a few moves of whatever XYZ, let's say front kick, right? I'm showing the front kick. We do the front kick. And then I say, all right, now practice it on your own. And then I literally walk in front of the parents and say, hey parents, just so you know, this is how we do it here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach them, I'm gonna show them how to do it, I'm gonna do a few reps with them, and then I want them to do it on their own because I need to see that they know how to self-practice. They also know how to self-reflect. So if they're doing it incorrectly they'll go oh yeah it's supposed to be done this way you know and yeah. i need to let you know see when i correct them how they take the correction yeah and see if they actually implement it i said because if they're not willing to do those things they're not going to progress well yeah that's a great
1: question uh, so i taught last night my advanced class and you know i i get so frustrated where you correct somebody or a group of people a certain specific way to stand or a certain specific way to strike and they do it for a second while you're watching and then you turn around and they just go back to doing it the sloppy lazy way so last night i said i go it's not my fault if you're going to be mediocre and that's really all you're going to be is mediocre if you don't take my suggestions to heart and actually care about fixing it and getting better so i said i can only make you do what you know what you'll allow me to you know it's not i'm not i can't force you to let me force you you know what i mean like it doesn't make any sense though that I i don't know if they're the martial arts these days is as uh interested at in becoming amazing as we were when we were coming up
0: well you know? I, I, yeah and i've told my uh students and then sometimes when i get frustrated like you're talking about right there i i, I will introduce to them the concept of two ranks and see so, yeah, you know there's two ranks where you're right. at right now right and they're like what do you mean there's two ranks well you have the rank of red belt but you also right. have the rank of your ability and some red belts have this much ability you know way up here uh and then other red belts have w- this much ability way down here and i right. said what's more important to you the color of your belt or, or the or the ability of being able to do the techniques. I said, right. that's really the question you got to ask yourself. So I said, if you're only in this for the color of your belt, you can do things halfway and get to the next color. Yeah. But if you want to do it for the ability and every single time be improving, you know, yes, you might be a red belt, but you really look like a black belt. Right. You know, that's that's the question you need to ask yourself. I like that.
1: I just wrote that down. I love that. That's excellent. I mean, yeah, I always say to people, I said, I always say what you do in the dojo doesn't mean you're going to do it outside. And if you practice at 50% here, you're going to probably perform at 30% in a real situation. So I said, you better do 80, 90% here so that when you're at 70% in the street, you're able to defend yourself pretty darn well. You know, so you know what I find interesting? I, I wrote an article years ago um, and uh, it was called it was I talked about it on Facebook called Geary. Um, Giri is a Japanese word for loyalty. And then Stephen Hayes, world famous Stephen Hayes, which we've interviewed before. He wrote that um, society is more of a gimme rather than a Geary society. And I quoted him on that. And then I had another friend who's an old, old school traditional martial artist. He said that um, he. Uh, With rank comes privilege and some might understand with privilege comes responsibility, but with responsibility comes duty and duty evolves to a deep obligation, which lays the foundation for the culmination of giri. Um, One might note that I've changed from English to Japanese because I do so because no English word is good enough to properly translate the word of giri and do it any justice. So in simple layman's terms, he would explain giri as the debt that you accept even with the knowledge that you will never pay this debt until your last breathing, living day. Um, and you, even at that point, you will only have scratched the surface and not paid enough. Giri is what, what, what one might owe their parents, their grandparents, their country, and how they should honor their sensei. sensei. And as a footnote, I, fo- I firmly believe that a sensei, part of the Giri is to teach those people and spread the art and share what you learned with others. So that was what they wrote about that, and I find that most people don't quite understand or will ever understand that, or even care to understand. It's not that's not what
0: this is for yep. for them, right? Yeah, no, I I, I totally agree. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, mentally taxing is running a school, being in charge of a school, being you know, um, uh, but but that's what we signed up for. You're not right. complaining, but that's what we signed up
1: for. Right. Well, I don't know. Did we know that? Like when we signed up for it, did we, like most school owners don't, that's why young people start a school and they end up selling it or quitting or, or closing it up because well, they just can't take it.
0: There wasn't a ceremony for better or worse or sick or poorer or, you right. know, death do us part. But I mean, that's really what it was. I mean, I, I knew that there was going to be some challenges. Did I know the extent of any of the challenges? Right. Absolutely not. But Um, I knew that there was going to be some challenges, you know, in any relationship, there's challenges.
1: Right. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, know, even a marriage or a friendship, right? There's always going to be those challenges.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I went out to dinner last night with with uh, one of my best friends. We lift on Tuesday, Thursday nights and we we were not eating on Thursday like we normally do. We did it today or yesterday. And um, him and I don't agree on everything. And we've had little tiffs you know, but, but um, we're still friends. Right. You know, I still got his back. He's got mine. We don't have to agree on everything, you know, but that's interesting. So let's, let's unpack that because you got his back
1: and he's got yours, even that you have disagreements. However, how quickly has a person brought you from hero to zero in your school? You're like the champion. You've changed their kids' lives. They're, they love you. You're the best. You're amazing. Master Brummett. You're, you're unbelievable. We quit and uh, we don't like it anymore. I can't believe you didn't promote Johnny. You're I'm out of here. You know, you suck. Like that's how fast the snap of the fingers that could happen. How do you deal with stuff like that?
0: Wow um you know i guess back in the day let's talk about that first because now is totally different but back in the day i would have uh wanted to have a meeting i would have you know said hey what can i do you know let me do private lessons let me catch him up let me you know bend over backwards and but that's why i have put in rules to follow you know so let's just take the failing the test right we didn't have little johnny So one is we have skill stripes they have to earn and even to even go to the test. Right. So they don't earn enough skill stripes. They can't even go to a test that they are going to flunk anyways. Right. Now, do I have some people say, well, you know, Hey, look, they they, they didn't earn their stripes. They, you know, it's not fair that they can't go to their test or whatever. Certainly, you know, and in fact uh, that's why we issue them private lessons prior to that test to see if we can get them, you know, caught up or, you know, learn their information so that they can earn their stripes so that they can go to the test. So we've done our due diligence. It's not like, it's not like we didn't do our part. Okay. Then let's say they earn their skill stripes, but they go to the graduation and they still flunk. Right. Again, we go back and say, you know, look, I understand well, They they knew it. Okay. They knew the X, Y, and Z and the ABC and they earned their stripes. But I can assure you that, you know, they barely knew it. We, yeah. we We let them have a chance. We encouraged them to keep on practicing. And yet they weren't able to perform at the graduation. Yeah. You know, and I say, they got to do that belt test over again. That's the rule. And in fact, in one of my videos, it's it's um, it's the policy and procedure videos that they get, you know, before they even become a student. I actually bring that objection up in that video. And I let them know that if they don't pass their Stripe test or their actual graduation test, they don't get that belt. And they got to do that belt over again. And I even say in the video, look, I, I, I have, that's when I, I go, that's when you as a parent, in most cases, are not going to be happy with me. Right. But that's the standard. And so understand that, yes, you are going to have to pay another three months of your child, you know, in in most parents' terms, learning the same information. Well, they didn't learn it. Right. The first time. Or they didn't learn it well enough to be able to progress. So, yes, just like if you flunked a course in college, you will have to pay for that course over again
3: so yeah so and so i mean i
0: i basically say hey look don't sign up if you're not willing to sign on right so
1: i love that too that's a great great you know mentality like i you know i find like so for example if you're a football player and you're on the football team and you can't catch the ball as a wide receiver or whatever your position is are they going to keep playing you no you're going to be cut so, you're going to have to prove yourself over and over and over again to do that. So, I guess in the martial arts, somehow they believe because they're paying us money that that's, that money is a guarantee that they'll. And, and I think people think this about the school system now, too public schools and private schools and colleges that if
0: they're making those payments, they're guaranteed an education. Well, it's not even just that, because even uh, uh, travel, travel baseball, soccer, all you know, I mean, there's travel teams. I mean, like my son was in travel uh, volleyball. Right. You know, there were some times that he wasn't out on the floor. I wasn't the parent that was like, well, I'm paying, you know, look, I paid 3000 or, you know, $4,000 for him to be on this sport this season, yeah. you know, blah, 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 blah. I, yeah. I, you know, I looked at my son when he said that, you know, look, I'm better than so and so or I work harder than so and so. I go, "Well, apparently your coach doesn't see that." Right. So, you got to find out what exactly he or she's looking for, and you better make sure that you're doing it, otherwise you're not playing. Right. Like I I and there's no way I'd go up to that coach and say, "Why aren't you playing my kid?" Right. My right. kid had to learn how to navigate that. He had to learn how to fight for his position. I would I would be I would enable, I would, uh, I would be enabling him if I, you know, did all that for him. Right. And so I have a back to standards. We have a standard. I expect no one unless they are willing to meet those standards and move forward to the next level. Right. And so, um, I just try to overcome all the objections I can in the beginning. Again, I can't force them to watch and read everything. Right. I, we stick to our standards now. And I'll tell you what, uh, since I put Master Bean in charge, um, we, we've we stuck to the standards a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, because, uh, you know what? If I remember I had a lady who was working my front desk. She also ran a daycare during the day, right? Right. And she was one of the best employees that I had at that front desk, because when somebody was late on their payment, she'd get them to pay. When, if I were to call, I'd get the runaround. Right. Oh, you know, can you help me Mr. Brummet? blah, 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 blah. She can't give, yeah. she can't give freebies. She can't give reductions. Why? Cause it isn't her business. And so her and I talked about that. And, uh, and I said, you know what, Don, I said, I, I get that. Like if I was calling your um, daycare clients for you saying, hey, you know, uh, you you didn't pay Dawn this week, we need to, you know, get a new card, blah, 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 blah. blah. I said, right. that would be easy for me. Yeah. You know, so having somebody <laughs> to handle that that isn't me. Right. You know, so that's what I'm saying is Mr. Bean is not me. I made the rules, but Mr. Bean is just following them and he cannot break them. Yeah. Like we had a we had a guy show up with his grandkid for the graduation last month. They came late. Right? Yeah. So Mr. Bean said, I'm sorry. You know, the graduation's already started. We don't allow them coming in for the graduation late. And he was like, what? He goes, yeah, that's the rule. And he said, but we do have a graduation tomorrow at this time, you know, or we can schedule a private lesson graduation. Which would you like to do? He goes, well, I'll come in tomorrow. He said, okay. So Mr. Bean did the graduation, came back the next So the next day, right? Guess what? Guy's late again. Blames it. And this, I'm sure this was the case, blames it on the, uh, the the railroad track that we have there, which I'm sure that probably happened. Yeah. Right? But Mr. Bean said, I'm sorry, we'll have to schedule a private lesson now. He goes, I wanna to speak to a manager. This guy told Bean that. Yeah, yeah. And Bean goes, I am the manager. Like what he was looking for was me. Right. You know, but Bean goes, I am the manager. And that yeah. guy was just like, he goes, let's go to the office. And we'll have her set up a private lesson. And they were, this was their last month. Anyways, they were going to be done anyhow, you yeah. know, but it was like, he follows yeah, the system.
1: Yeah. And I, I find that interesting too. Like with, uh, even with my school with uniforms, like people will literally show up in regular street clothes and, and not have their gi, which in our school, when they join, they don't have any uniform. When they become a member, they get sweats and a t-shirt. They have to earn their gi. Then they have to earn their white belt. So they'll show up at a white belt without anything and they'll just be in street clothes. I'm going like, who are you? And it's like, Oh, it's Damien. I'm like, Damien, you're a white belt. Aren't you? Yeah. "Uh, Well, Where is it? Oh, my mom said it was in the laundry. I'm like, Damien, I'm going to give you one pass. The next time you show up, you're not allowed to do class period. That's the way it is. And you know, people like it's my, the parents go, it's my fault. I go, okay, well it's still your fault. It's somebody's fault. But if he doesn't have his uniform, he can't come to class. When people get mad at me, for being a hard nose. Like it just blows me away. I would never send my daughter to dance to a recital, rehearsal, or whatever it might have been without her equipment. You know, I remember going to Bermuda to visit my my dojo down there and the guy who ran the school with me down there took me to his son's base little league baseball game. The majority of people on the team on forgot their mitts, they didn't even have uniforms, their mitts and their hats. So between every inning, they'd have to exchange equipment. Oh, who lent it to Johnny? Who lent it to Joey? Okay, let's share. And I'm like, they couldn't even, I thought it was the United States and just my students, but even in Bermuda, they can't even remember two items that, to a baseball game right. their mitt and their hat. Like, how do you not do that? And then expect people to allow that standard. But this is why the dumbing down of society, everything is okay. You know, as long as you have an excuse, it's okay. You could show up late to your test as long as you have an excuse. Your uniform is dirty; you don't have to wear a uniform. You're exempt from that kind of responsibility. I mean, even in the military nowadays, if the if you don't do your job that well, they let you out of the military. It used to be they used to be scrubbing toilets with your toothbrush and running with a knapsack with cement in it. Now it's like, okay, buddy, this isn't good. Let's let us we will let you go home.
0: Well, let me show you. Let me let me let me state the bright side of all of this, right? Yeah. Um, that our schools, uh, you know, martial arts can be a beacon of light in this, uh, you know, society that that really? has, you know, no rules or or uh, no um, no thought of uh, responsibility being important. Right. You know? and so all we have to do is teach our students to have a smidgen of responsibility, a yeah. smidgen of leadership, and they're going to be far and away better than the majority of their peers. Yeah. So so society has actually made not only our job, um, maybe a little bit more harder, but has actually made us more appealing. Right. I mean, as long as we position ourselves and do the correct things in our schools. Yeah. Um, So, you know, we opened up that other location, right? Yeah. How's that going? Good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I had, uh, so my, uh, instructor up there, uh, Mr. Kent, uh, master Kent is up there. And so, he, uh he called me after the first day and and I talked to him and he said yeah the we only had one trial for the five and six year-old class and and uh, but they there was you know obviously not a second person there and so the mom said uh, we're we, yeah no we're just not gonna do it we're gonna wait until there's you know a couple more people in the class and 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 the kid the kid was excited about doing it right right and- and so uh Master Kent said, Okay, you know, but but your kid, he's excited, he wants to do it. And she's like, No, 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 we're gonna wait. He said, Okay, I'll text you and we have a few more students in that class, right? Okay. So Kent told me all that, and I'm like, Okay, you did great. And he's like, Yeah, but she, you know, she didn't let him do class, like you know, and he's right. taking it personally. Yeah. And I said, Look, I said, let me just tell you, number one, you did the right thing. Number two, I said this is this is going to be the the mildest disappointment that you're ever yeah. gonna have yeah yeah in running a school right said, And he goes, well, you know that that sure surely isn't cheering me up And I yeah. said, I go, I just want to be realistic to you. this is nothing in comparison to the other things that you're gonna face. I said uh-huh. so look at this as all right, I I followed the process, I did what I was supposed to do expect. Nothing you know, you hope for the best, but you expect yeah. nothing, yeah. And I said, and then move forward, and so yeah. yeah, he was disappointed, you know what I mean? No, I, I understand,
1: it definitely is, and that that's why I love this call because I'm hoping that people out there that are listening to this are going, Wow, other people experience what I experience, you know, the heart, sh- the hardships, the fear, you know. Like, I'll give you another example. I spoke to one of my coaching clients today, and he's like, Oh my god. I'm getting nervous. Attendance has been slow this week. And I'm like, dude, there, it's not you. You didn't do anything wrong. It's not like all of a sudden you suck and people are quitting. Whatever's going on. And, and it could be various things, weather, back to school, um, you know, politics and fear. Right. Like all these things could have a lot to do with people attending class. Right. You know, even just adjusting to the new school year, which I find to be such a stupid thing, in my opinion. Like, you know, like, oh, we're going to see how it goes with the schedule before we bring them, like, what's it? Have them go to school and adjust to school all while training in the martial arts so you'd have a better mindset to adjust to school. Like, but people are so soft and it's like paper tigers in the world at this day and age where everybody is so fluffy and always worried like their kids are going to, I don't know, turn out to be ax murderers because they didn't have enough time off after class. Like, it just blows me away. Like, I love that with those old, and by the way, I have a lot of Latino people in my school. They have that old school mentality. Like, you, you get like, get in class and shut up. Not like, come on, buddy, you could do it. I had to work with you. Come on, give mommy a hug. They're like, Now. Like get in there and take your shoes off and get on. Like the kid just turns around and does it. Like the, the mom puts the fear into them. Like you're listening. and I don't care what you have to say. Like that kind of thing. Yep. Um, I had a dad the other day, nice guy. I like him so much that I would hope that he would sign up his kid. Cause I like the dad too. Um. But uh, the dad was like, yeah, we don't know if we want to commit him. He's only four and a half to a whole year, you know? So I'm like, but um, why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't you commit him? If you feel that this is good for him and he does it well, why not commit him now so that, you know, when he's five, he's amazing. And he'll be better at sports, better at school. But I could tell like the dad's like, yeah, we don't want to force him. And, and at that point, like I was ready to start to change his mind and explain to him. And then something in me just shut off. And I'm like, I get it. I totally understand. I apologize, Uh, you know, I I hope that, you know, you'll change your mind, but we'd love to have your kid. But I gave up trying to convince people. Like, I'm almost like, you're not the right family for us if you can't at least at minimum commit to a year in your program.
0: So, all right, so let's quickly talk about that. That's not what this call is about. But um, my question would then be, what can you do in the front end, one, to attract those types of of customers that are willing to commit? Two, ones that maybe that come in that aren't willing to commit yet. What can you do to convince them that, you know, quote unquote, making their kid do something is a good thing. Yeah. Like those are the questions that I would ask myself in right. order to then, you know, put those in the videos or the, 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 the physical material that you give out or, or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, because I, and I, I've talked to people before, too, and I, you know, I would say, well, school is good for your kid, right? Yeah. You know, and we would never let them quit school. Well, no, I would never let them quit school. Okay. You say that martial arts is, you know, good for your kid. So I guess, you know, one, I think would be if we're going to kind of undress this a little bit, um, trying to find out what their why is. Why do they want their child to do the martial arts? And then from finding out what that why is, um, one, did we meet what they were looking for with that why? And if they don't do this and, quote, unquote, like they're saying, force them, like you got to get them to change it. You know, OK, so, for instance, I sent you my sales script. So, yeah, I love that,
1: by the way. That came out excellent.
0: And so you saw what I did with regards to um, cost and price and turn it into an investment. Yep. Yeah that's the same thing we're talking about here where this needs to be presented in a way that it's not a, I'm making my kid do this. It's that, you know, my kid gets to do this and receive these other benefits right? by doing it. You see where I'm going with that. So I, I mean, do, I, know, I no, went no, off the path, but yeah. No, no, but I do see what you're saying, but what if he wants to quit in five months though? Well, again, that's where, yo. Know, you mean that's what they say to you.
1: Yeah, but I'm just doing it. I'm playing devil's advocate with you. And that's what they'll right. say. Well, well, yeah, he wants to do it now. And I love it. And what if he wants to quit in five months? I know he's four. Um, and I let four-year-olds make decisions, you know, but like, you know, uh, well, what if he wants to quit? And I go, well, you talk to us, we'll motivate him. We'll do whatever we can to get him re-excited. Yeah, but we don't want to force him, um, you know, to do anything that he doesn't want to do. And I'm going like, I, and, I, and then my response is, but well, you force him to do things every day. You know, And, you know, you force him to go to bed, brush his teeth, eat his food, you know, be polite, not throw things. Right. Yeah. But that's different. Like, I don't want him to. And, and I think parents fear is like, if they do force them, then they're going to be hated for forcing their kids. Like I always say about my daughter, Kiara's 22 this Sunday. Um, and I say, uh, my daughter, is. she she did martial arts her whole life. She didn't really have a choice. Like if, if she didn't do martial arts, she was going to come with me anyway when I went and she would sat and watch. So she had to do it while we were there. But I said, I never feared that my daughter was going to turn into an ax murderer, a stripper, a drug addict, because I put so much time and effort into her. Thank or he would hate you. Yeah. Or hate me. I was going to be the exact opposite. Like Yesterday, my daughter's like, do you want to go to the school? We'll just go there and take care. Like she just right away, like steps up, right? That's her loyalty and dedication. That's what she's learned over years of martial art training. So I try to instill that into parents. But sometimes they're in this society where they just don't want to. They don't want to do that anymore. It's not the way things are done. It's not the old
0: school parenting. Right. And I I do think that, you know, um, at that point when you've done all you can do, they're not the right person. Right. It's true.
1: You know, sometimes that is the case, you know, and it's sad though, because, you know, again, another frustration for school owners, and we could, we're running out of time. Maybe we could chat about this. It's always like that revolving door mentality it's always about that you know in through the front door out through the back door fill the bucket and there's holes in the bucket so like we work so hard we get a bunch of gains you know our enrollment goes up and then we have the next month it drops because 10 people quit that we didn't expect you know um and uh, and that's another emotional roller coaster as well where oh, we're like yeah. oh, we're so you know oh god you know we we have to constantly churn um, to, uh, to run the school and succeed. Like I'll give you an example. My good buddy, Randy, I don't know if you ever met him. He's in, um, he's in West Virginia. He has a tactical firearms training facility. Um, yeah, but I I think we that, met, we met in Vegas, remember you, you might have. Yeah. And then, um, but he used to run the schools and then he got, he got involved with this tactical firearms and he had military contracts. Um, so he goes, I don't want, I don't have to, he goes, I don't have to motivate them. They're forced to be there. And if they don't listen to me, I'm kicking them out and they're going to fail the test and not get their job. So they have to listen. So he got a he got a taste of not having that, oh, come on, rah, rah, rah. You know, it was just like forced and, and they were paying good money to send their people to him. And uh, it was a whole different mindset. But we're always in that emotional hamster wheel where like, we're, Let's stay positive. Let's keep the classes so exciting. And then they quit anyway sometimes,
0: right? Like, so what do you do? What's your emotions with that? Because we, we've we talked about this before. Yeah, well, I'm going to go back real quickly to the person that you brought up before. You know, what if they want to quit, blah, 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 blah. I said they may not, they may not be the right person. I also want to put a caveat to that. It may not be the right time. Right. So that's when you say, you know, hey, look, uh, what if we, uh, you know, call you in, in, in three or four months and see if it's something that you want to do then? Right. Right. You know, Which at that time they're still four years old but who cares yeah. right? right so but but i just wanted to put that in there um I, I think again it just goes back to you do the best that you can do out on the floor you have your standards that you're going to follow uh you hope that everybody you know rises to those standards but you know that there are going to be those individuals that aren't going to rise to those standards but i do think that the the most important piece is making the program as remarkable as you can make it. Yeah, I agree there. And 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 those that are willing and able to see the value in that, now you have to convey it. I mean, you yeah. really do have to convey it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and that's sales, right? You tell, tell people what they, you know, what is it? Yeah. Um, no, uh, uh, a good speech, right? right I'm going right. to tell everybody what the, what I'm going to tell them, then I'm going to tell them, then I'm going to tell them what I told them. Right. I mean, that's what that's how you do a good speech. You're gonna tell everybody right. what you're gonna tell them, then you tell them, then you tell them what you're gonna tell t- what you just told them. Right. You recap it too. That's the same thing, you know. We, we're we're gonna you know tell them what we're gonna teach them, and then we're gonna teach them, and then we're gonna tell them what we taught them. Right. By the time we go to tell them what we taught them, whether it's a physical move or even you know, uh principles uh to that physical move or uh character development things. By the time you get to tell them what you taught them, you actually can go a little deeper at that point. Right. D- does that make sense? It totally does. In fact, that's what I do when I run tests, right?
1: Like I'll run the test. They'll do the test. We take them through the test. At the end, we award the belt. And then I explain to them what they've learned. And I explain why it's so important. And then I hold up the certificate and explain the meaning of the certificate and how deeply that's connected to the belt. So like, you know, sometimes you're like, wow, that, that was a great speech. I I appreciate that. And I understand like, and and then sometimes they'll even say, I didn't realize he knew so much. Like I didn't realize that they knew this much. Like, so that's important. I I, I agree with you, Dwayne. I think that it's always recapping, going over resetting goals, establishing those goals and
0: so on. And we all need that, you know, whether it's uh, us as a, as a, you know, martial artist running our school, you know we, we always have to recap what we're doing, what we've done um our successes the things that we've gained and then you know it goes back to that whole black belt success system right know what you want yep. have a plan and a success right. code. take consistent action review yep. your progress and renew your goals i haven't done that in a while i
1: remember that we used to do that we used to do that, to do that with the hand signs know yes. what you want have a plan we, take we still consistent
0: do action. yeah we, we still That's do so awesome. yeah and, and so but we all need to do that it's not just uh uh our students we have to do that as well you know we right. need to have um, that plan and take consistent action. You know, we need a coach, whether it's, you know, uh, you and I helping each other out or, you know, I'm paying you to be my coach or whatever it is. We need coaches, you know, I think that, I think that's one thing too,
1: that people miss out on as well is that And we have to get out of here. We have like two minutes, but I mean, I think that a lot of times martial arts school owners stop learning, so they don't like I am always networking with my friends like every Wednesday we have breakfast, like five of us, five different styles of schools and we sit and we talk about what works, what doesn't work, what struggles we had what, and so on. Um, but I think that martial arts schools don't do that enough. And then I also think that they don't find a mentor that could push them to heights because then we start to level off. And we get to where we're used to, and we just keep on running where we're at, and we don't push ourselves further. That's why I love to read and I love to do
0: seminars and so on. Well, that we get comfortable, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah we get stagnant, so that's important to not do that. Um yeah. so just real quickly, I think and one is uh, go through when you encounter these 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 problems, look on that look at them as opportunities to solve them for people in the future. How can you pre-frame someone so that this yeah. isn't a problem anymore? What can you put into your policy and procedure manuals uh, or manual so that it's not a problem anymore? Re- remember that you know your students need to be told and then taught and then told what they've been taught, but also your parents need to be told what they're gonna be taught. taught and then retold what they were just taught um, right. and that needs to, you know, recycle. I mean, that's gotta be rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat every yeah. single time. And I think that, you know, we do do that when you've got your base program, we get them into the base program. You know, the next thing that we do is we, we bring them into the opportunity to get into our leadership program. Right. So that brings them to a higher level of information, a higher level of martial arts skills, Um, And there's other benefits that go along with that. So we're, Mm -hmm. you know, we we are reselling them on the, on the, uh, you know, benefits of the martial arts. And then for us, another six months to nine months, even a year after that, depending on the person. There's our storm team, which is, you know, the ability to be able to come in and help teach. And so we're bringing them to another level. So I really think those upgrades not only bring uh, more revenue in for your school, but they also bring in more buy-in into your programs um for longevity right and so that's where they're again being sold and resold or told and retold you know the benefits of what the program is doing for their their kids so go in any problems that you have try to ward them off in the future by examining what those problems are those are just opportunities to solve them in advance yeah uh, whether that's pre-framing or putting things into uh, videos or, um, you know, into your policy and procedures. And then whatever you decide your rules are, just start sticking to them. Yeah. You are going to piss some people off. You are going to lose some, some students. You will gain so much more uh, clarity. You'll gain so much more respect of the yeah. individuals that are following those yeah. rules and those expectations. Um, and, and you will eventually get more buy-in, especially when it goes, it, it, when it goes through the grapevine that you are willing to let go of people that, um, will not follow the system. Right. And, you know, one other thing that I would add, and then we'll let
1: everyone go is, uh, no matter how personal it is, don't take it personal. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess that's the only advice I can say that is, um, going to, Keep your heart from being broken when you're attached to a student, and you've given them your all, and you went above and beyond, and then they just quit or they turn on you at the snap of a finger, and all of a sudden you're you went from being a hero to zero. So I think that we have to just constantly go on. And I once uh, had a parent say to me that uh, you know uh, you're you're never gonna succeed, and you're always gonna be alone. Because you, all you do is think of yourself, and they were like really cruel. And I said, Hmm, should I listen to what they're saying, or should I look at my track record after almost 30 years this November? Um, I guess they're not really counting 30 years of longevity. They, they're just talking in the emotion, in the moment, thinking that they know what my outcome of my future is going to be. So I just doubled down and being the best teacher I could be and giving the most service I could give and and making sure that my students are the most important thing for, and they know it for me as well.
0: I think the mind shift for me was I made it about the program and not Mr. Brummett. Okay. And in order to pull myself, I mean, it was at one time, it was very, very personality driven. It was my personality. Right. And in order for me to step out and be the owner that I wanted to be, I needed I needed to implement things that would uh, make the program remarkable, right. not Mr. Brummett remarkable. Right, right. I mean, it's still a personality-driven business. Yeah, but it 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 it's not as much as it was before because it's not honed on my personality. Now my personality is in every system, uh, in every Matt chat, in right. you know, I mean, all of those things are part of my personality. But it's more it's more systematized and program based as opposed to an experienced based. I mean, if you look at Disney, right? You look at Disneyland or Disney World, right. uh, it's experienced based and all of those things are systematized. It's not, you know, actually Walt Disney himself. His, you know, he's not there. I mean, he's dead, but he's not right. there with his personality. Right. But it was the concept of his personality put into everything else. And that's. That, that became Disney. That, yeah. And so that was the shift for me was my personality and, and my experience and my knowledge or whatever is all into the systems, but it's about right. the program. It's not right. about Mr. Brummett. Awesome. Great, man. What a great call. I think it was a great call and I hope the
1: listeners loved it and I appreciate being there with you. It helps me stay motivated too and, you know, and work through things. So I, I appreciate you and always being there as a friend. So thank you for everything and being on the call. And if you want to roll us out with, with you know. Yeah. And,
0: uh, just want to remind everybody that, uh, you know, look, uh, there's a ton of information still on, uh, on our, our uh uh you know past episodes so go to dot talk.com again that's schoolowner talk.com if you're interested in you know the policy and procedures and those type of things in there click on the search bar and then just type in policy and procedures and uh you know i think we had two or three or maybe even four podcasts that are up there that you can listen to about those to so get some ideas yeah in order to move forward. Those are gonna be very, very helpful for you. And then please, please, please share this podcast with other school owners. We we do this for free. We have sponsors. We're gonna roll out our sponsors here in a second, but um, we can only reach who we can reach, those that know about us. So we would love for you to share this podcast with other individuals. So thanks, Allie, and I appreciate everything, man. Take care, Dwayne. See you soon, man. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Owner Talk Podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out EliteInsights.com for all your website needs. LeadHunterMedia.com, your online digital marketer and content provider. Academy Kings BJJ Growth Consulting and Management at GrowMyAcademy.com. SparkMembership.com the best darn software for school owner manager on the planet get karate a martial arts growth consulting company for all your school systems we will see you next time